welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And this is Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Mother Figure. Mother Figure is a maternal wellness company that makes it easier for moms and moms to be to get support. And today's episode is brought to you by Original Sprout. The Bundle of Joy is the newest addition to their family of vegan products. And uh, we'll hear more from our sponsors later, but at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you will find a sponsor page and all of our sponsors are there. And if you need anything, see if you can give them any of your business because they make this podcast possible. And while you're there, you can scroll down and enter your email address and we will send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And now Diane has our review of the week. Oh, gosh, I do. I pulled it up earlier and now here I am listening, listening <laughs> to you talk. And not, on you. Know. <laughs> Is it getting hot? I know, Are you right? sweating? And this, I, I will say I had a hard time finding, not finding, but picking one today because there's one that I really wanted to do, but I think I might save it for our Miss episode, oh. which... We're collecting a lot of really good we stuff. Are. For our I know my list is already too long right now. <laughs> yeah, so I might save that one. So um, I do have another one that I want to do today. Um, oh gosh, now I just what did I do with it? Stand by <laughs> as oh my the beads of sweat build up on Diane's what is forehead. Wrong with me, I know. Okay, so I got it. And this came to iTunes. So thank you so much for putting this on iTunes, so people can find us a little bit better favorite podcast ever. This podcast has truly shaped my breastfeeding journey so far. I started listening during my pregnancy and I'm eight weeks postpartum, still making my way through the episodes. This podcast is just what I needed to confidently walk this path of motherhood and breastfeeding. I really do think I would have supplemented my baby at the hospital. She had jaundice. Had I not learned so much from listening to your episodes in a society that barely supports new mothers or breastfeeding, this podcast is a glimmer of hope. It's funny, intelligent, informative, and you women challenge societal views and answer all the questions. Breastfeeding is more beautiful, natural, and simple than we are all led to believe. I seriously reference this podcast daily, and I recommend it to all breastfeeding parents. Thank you. Thank you so much for this. And one of the reasons why I picked this is because we are going to talk about like relationships and breastfeeding today. And and when she said, like, in a society that barely supports new mothers or breastfeed, like that, it all goes along with it. Right. Like it all just goes along with that. And there's so much intertwined in this breastfeeding relationship. And that's like kind of what we're going to talk about today. Totally. Thank you so much for sending that to us. Thank you. And I'm so glad. Like it gives me so much, like, I don't know, it warms my soul when people say, because I learned A, B, and C on the podcast, I made a different decision. And like that education is so important. Like be informed. It's so important to be informed. Yeah, that's so empowering. And you get to decide when you have all the information, then you get to decide what is right for you. I know. I love it. I just think it's amazing. And then it's more, you feel more confident, you feel more secure in your mm-hmm. you know relationship. Yeah. And that's, it's really hard. It's really hard to like go against the machine, you know? Yep. Totally. Uh, so yeah, so today we are going to talk about how breastfeeding affects relationships and all sorts of relationships. Yes. I feel all like all of your relationships. All in ca- relationships. In, in case you didn't notice, <laughs> they've all been affected. And the reason why I was going to pick my like in the beginning, I said, oh, I almost went with this other one, but I'm going to mm-hmm. save it for myths because it was information. It was erroneous, mythical, I should say, information that she received from um, her pediatrician. And it's like, that impacts those relationships too. 
right? And we don't think about it like that, but it's like you have this provider that you trust, that you go to, that you want to believe in. And then all of a sudden they tell you something that you're like, what? And now you've just broken that trust. Instead of just saying, you know what? I'm not really sure about that. Let me put you in touch with somebody who might know better. Yeah. Now you've broken that relationship. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And you- you've made somebody feel just like, <sighs> you know, like you can't, they're not there for you. They're not the support that you thought they were. Right. And you don't have anybody because you already don't have many people, right? When you have a, a baby, you know, there's, at least for me, I, I was the first one. I know this happens for a lot of people. I was the first one of my friends to have a baby. So it's not like I even had anybody like that. I was like all alone. And then I go to the doctor like, okay, here's one person who's just like in my world right now. And they're also giving you, they're giving you weird information and they're making you feel, they'll make you feel like shit too. Like the way they talk to you sometimes, if you have, you know, the way they say things, the way they treat you and, you know, treating even just the, just speaking of the breastfeeding relationship, like it's kind of take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. And that's just so horrible. It leaves you to reaching out to strangers. And I know people don't probably think of us necessarily as strangers because you're hearing our voices every week, which is fine with me. Because when I get these, when I get emails, I'm like, oh my gosh, this person's a total stranger. It's like, oh, okay. You know, like we built, we, I feel like we already have relationships with, with listeners. Yeah, you know, totally. I really do feel like that. But then, you know, sometimes you're reaching out just in these random Facebook bomb groups and stuff like that, just for information. It's like, because the person that you're supposed to have a relationship with is not leading you down the right path. Right. And that is really frustrating and just confusing. Yeah. And the funny thing about the listener thing, um, which I just thought about right now, is like <laughs> when I'm going through my messages, I, I'll i be like, you know, because other people send me messages too who, who like know the Instagram page, but maybe don't know that I have a podcast. Because sometimes I'll be like, do you know that I have a podcast? And then there's an episode about this. And they'll be like, oh my God, I didn't know. <laughs> um, you know, but then people people send messages and they're like, hey, I love your podcast, blah, blah, blah. And, they ask, and I'm like, okay, it's a listener. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Front of the line. Here we yeah, go. I know. I know. <laughs> Here, like, and let, let me, okay, here's a Listeners, this is like you know. I feel like the listeners, like I never really thought about it until you just said that. But like, I'm like, okay, this is one of our people. Yeah, you know? it's one like, of our we, people. So yeah. like, here, I'll help you. Like, yeah. And speaking of that, I'm just going to take this little like intermittent thing here for a second because I meant to do it after the um, oh, yes. review, and I totally forgot because I got on a tangent about the review because we really want to talk about this. Episode. Yes, we do. <laughs> but one of our listeners. Um, was so generous to send us some wines from her winery and it's Darling's Winery. She has a winery. I know. I mean, like, hello. How cool is that? I Somebody know. who owns a winery listens to our podcast. That's awesome. It's so amazing. And she sent us some wine. So thank you so much because we were just, and it had like, she had this little booklet that, you know, went with, came with the wines with her baby, her and her baby in it. And it's so amazing. And one of the things, um, one of the reasons that she, I think, found us was because she doesn't have a lot of family near her. So like she is kind of like on her own, like her family's mostly in the East coast and she's on the West coast doing her wine gig. So it really is, you know, we kind of bring people together in this way this and totally relates. Yeah. I mean, like, does, and this yeah. is what happens because we don't have our relationships. We don't feel supported in our lives. This is exactly what happens to me. I created this huge, not just a badass breastfeeder, but this big, um, 
like a lot of friendships online in the beginning because I didn't have anyone around me that had, that was like breastfeeding a toddler or was like sharing a bed, you know, with their baby or breastfeeding, you know, whatever. Any of those things weren't around me. I didn't have anybody around me. And I just like went on, was going online, which was like, you know, 10 years ago was like the thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. it still is obviously, but I mean like Facebook and things like that. And I was just, I created all these like good friends, like people that eventually after a year or so, like traveled from like the East coast and the West coast to come all of us to meet up here in Chicago. I know like they were like my best friends and I never knew them. Yeah. And this is what we do. And this is this person with this, you know, with the, the listener with the winery is like, this is how it's happening. We're all connecting online because like, if we all lived in the same city, we could hang out, but like everybody lives, you know, they're isolated lives everywhere. And no, we don't have our relationships are changing. The ones that we had before are, are, oh my God, I have so many fucking stories. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, you know, it's just like, I, I remember having a baby and I'll stop ranting in a minute, but and all the friends, you know, like I was the first one, like I said, to have a baby. But then all of these friendships that I had, I suddenly felt really distant from them. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't feel close to them anymore at all. And they're like, let's come over. We want to come over and hang out with you and the baby. And I was just like, I don't want you to. It's and weird. I was, and then yeah. you put on top of that people the struggling with postpartum depression or anxiety, or you have partners. We've talked about partners with postpartum depression, and I feel like we're being very disorganized with the topics that we're talking <laughs> about. So I'll be quiet and let Diane talk. No, it's totally a thing. So yeah, so let so darling wines. Thank you so much because she you. actually emailed with some questions, and then you know as we emailed back and forth a little bit, she was like, "Hey, I'd love to you know share some wine with you." So that was super sweet. So thank and you. We're not so trying much. to get stuff from everybody else. So we're not. We're just saying. Yeah. No, that was <laughs> just not a really. Like you have to sweet. send us something if you send us an email. The email is a gift in itself. <laughs> <laughs> but that was just we wanted to make sure that we you we know thank you. that was you. really you know that was a, a very kind of out of her way thing to do. So that yeah. was very sweet. And, um, the, when we first started saying, okay, let's talk about relationships. Like my mind was going to automatically to like how it impacts and how people can almost feel that separation, you know, like partners can sometimes feel separated and not bonded and grandparents. And, you know, I had somebody the other day who was like, you know, the baby's like six weeks old, I think at this point, but she had, and she, no, maybe a month. She hadn't started pumping yet, which thank you know, good for her. I love that that you're just breastfeeding and, you know, not pumping yet, especially when it's not necessary. And she wasn't going back to work right away. And she's like, Oh, you know, I'll probably start soon. Cause you know, I'm getting a lot of, you know, pushback from the grandparents that they want to feed, you know, and it's like, it's stuff like that, how it impacts, like everybody wants to get their hands on this baby and be able to take that piece. Well, For some reason it, it's the feeding, right? Like yeah, everybody I was going to say feed. that. It's like, why do we, we focus so much on the feeding. There's so much you can do with a baby. There's but so it's much. Like, it's like, you can do skin to skin. You can rock them. You can walk them. You can sing to them. You can read to them. Like, you, them. Yeah, but like, so yeah, take a, give them a bath and get them dressed. And you know, you, you, you like, but we focus so much on the feeding. Like, what is that? Mm-hmm. So it, like, it is really, it's crazy. And then, and then weird. I thought about like, I was reading that email and I thought about, oh my gosh, like how it impacts your, your relationship with providers. Cause you could be a totally, totally into your pediatrician oh, or your yeah. OB for months and months and months. And then all of a sudden they give you this really, really questionable information and you're like, all right, I'm done. 
You know, like, I see that yeah. happen all the time. Yes, all the even time. like the even like the just the even just a passing comment, you know, mm-hmm. like about something that's kind of like trivializes, you know, breastfeeding or something that's really important to you, and they they kind of just make a passing comment. It's like for, I know for me, I'm like you're dead to me. Right. Like, like I feel unheard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I just like, I'm like, oh my God, I will never be able to see you in the same light again. Like it's, I just can't, I can't like, it's so insulting and just, it, it's just such a violation. Yeah, it, it really, it is. It is. And that's kind of now I feel like it's there's just it's so far reaching. Like there's so many arms to this. You know, it's not yeah, just about, OK, my partner it wants to you know be able to give a bottle so he can feel bonded. It's like it's not even that anymore. There's so much more to it than yeah, just or that. like the sexual relationship. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we've always my you know, my husband's always, you know, touched my boobs. And now I'm like, feel like punching somebody when they touch my boobs. Or you're you so know? touched like, out. You don't want anybody so touching you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember I told this story before, but I was talking about like, I think I was talking about maybe I was talking about sex or bodies or something like that. And uh, how it changes after breastfeeding. And somebody commented, um, yeah, they're not fun bags anymore. <laughs> Oh, ew. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. <laughs> oh my God. Like, you know, your boobs go from like, some people are very sexual about their boobs and then you have a baby and you're breastfeeding your baby and it's like your whole relationship. We were talking about this before we hit record. Your relationship with yourself changes. Your relationship mm-hmm. with your body changes. And that's, yeah, that was something that I definitely wanted to make sure we had on our list today too because it really does. I mean, and not just for you, but I think even, you know, partners look at you differently. And I know, I think I felt like that with, with my first husband, you know, the father of my kids, because it's like our sex lives basically stopped after we had kids. And I think he, like part of it, and I I did, and I don't know, because we never had a conversation because we're not, we weren't very good communicators, but obviously, because we're not married anymore. Um, But (laughs) I I really think some of it was like, I remember reading about it because I was so like, so felt so rejected. And I remember, you know, reading how like when there, when a partner is involved in the whole process of, you know, having a baby and and everything that sometimes they start to look at you as a mother figure, not as a woman anymore. Oh my God. And it's becomes a very like blurry line, you know, and I feel like that's just so much. I feel like that is such a, a symptom of a sick culture. Oh God. You know, where like people have just these like detached or dysfunctional relationships with their mother. And then, you know, they see you as a mother, their mother or, uh, you know, and then they can't have sex with you. And it's like the Madonna whore complex. Right. I mean, and that was like, I remember even feeling like, okay, I basically, I'm just your mother right now. Because he'd be like, all right, where's, you know, where's my wallet? Where are my shoes? I'm going to work. See you later. Have a good day. You know, yeah. I'm like, what am I, your mom? Like, it just, you well, know, I was saying, yeah, yeah, that's the thing is that like a lot of people, especially a lot of men in our culture are like giant babies. Right. And that's kind of where your relationship evolves to. Like you end up just yep. taking care of the whole family and it, it just, it, it becomes, I don't know. It just, not that that's necessarily related to the breastfeeding, but I feel like it's kind of is in a way because you just, this whole parenting as a whole, the parenting choices that you make impact your relationships around you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should so, we do some, should we do some ads? And then yeah, because then there's stuff I definitely want to know. I think that Diane has a whole list of things she wants to talk about, which I don't think she's talked about yet. <laughs> 
I don't <laughs> think she's done any of it yet. No, I've done some of it for okay. sure. You know, stuff floats around in my brain. Oh, right. So. All right. We'll be right back. Okay. Today's episode is brought to you by Mother Figure. Mother Figure is a maternal wellness company that makes it easier for moms and moms to be to get support. Mother Figure offers a directory that connects families with lactation consultants, doulas, pelvic floor physical therapists, and more nationwide. A magazine that spotlights real mom stories and a need to know info from experts. And maternity clothing that's beautiful, functional, and machine washable. Mother Figure's multitasking maternity bra is a hands-free pumping, nursing, and everyday bra that's been featured in Romper, Parents, Scary Mommy, and more. It's Ucotex certified and has been called one of the best nursing and pumping combo bras on the market. Check it out at shop.motherfigure.com and use code BADASS for 15% off of your purchase. Um, That's BADASS. 15 shop.motherfigure.com. And today's episode is also brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries safe, effective, and pediatrician tested shampoos, conditioner, styling, and body care products produced and packaged in California, USA. Original Sprout's newest addition to its family of vegan products is the Bundle of Joy. This is a woven basket full of Original Sprout products swaddled in a white hand towel and fastened with a big chrome safety pin. The Bundle of Joy makes the perfect baby shower gift bundle or just a great way to say congratulations to the expecting mom in your life or yourself. With a retail value of over $120, and is being offered at the introductory price of $74.99. As a badass breastfeeder listener, you can take an additional 25% off this introductory price. Go to originalsprout.com and use code BADASS and get this bundle for $56.25. That's a total savings of $60, making it affordable to give the gift of clean and safe, safety-tested personal care products to those that you care about and yourself. I will keep saying, I like buying myself gifts too. Oh, well, <laughs> if not you, who else is going to buy them? Uh, you'll, uh, well, there's more these spot. Okay. Wow. <laughs> these sponsors and their promo codes, they can be found at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com in our show notes under this episode. Um, our show notes will also include further information about things we talk about in this episode and also at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. You will find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. And... Okay, I was making a list. Oh, one quick thing I want to say about Mother Figure for the lactation consultants that are listening, because I know we do have a lot that listen, because um, I get we get messages from them. You can actually go on Mother Figure. They have a registry and oh, that's put awesome. your info in there. I don't know if you mentioned that or not. Um, I don't think I did. No, I didn't mention that. Because I was making my list. I was half listening. So... <laughs> Um, you can go on there and like make a, make a profile so that people can find you, which is great. And it's free. So definitely, you know, if you're a lactation consultant, you're listening, hop on there, make yourself a little profile on mother figure. Cool. Check out their stuff. Yeah. So, all right. So a couple of things that I definitely want to talk about, we were talking about how it impacts like your own body, but what about like that, you know, that body image piece of it. Do you know how many people messaged into us saying, I'm not losing my, my baby weight yet because I'm breastfeeding. I, you know, cause some people will lose weight very quickly with breastfeeding and some people just do not. 
It's not a guarantee that if you're going to breastfeed, you're just going to drop weight. That is not any kind of like guarantee. I know that people put it out there that that's a bonus. Not always a guarantee. And for whatever reason, because of our society, I, I, I say for whatever reason, but we all know the reason. We all <laughs> think we need to just lose our baby weight the minute we have our baby. And it just doesn't work like that sometimes. But a lot of times we go, oh, it's because I'm breastfeeding still. I'm not dropping this weight. And you just start to feel so like gross about your body. And it's like, you just, you just made a, a baby. I like know, it's just made a human being. It's made a human and being. And we start hating ourselves because of the fat content on our body. It's insane. It it's just, absolutely insane. Society has driven us insane. And a lot of times we it's go so back sad. to, oh, it's because you're breastfeeding. It's because you're breastfeeding. You're not going to lose the weight until you're done breastfeeding. Or you can't go on a diet well, because you're true. breastfeeding. Blah, oh, blah, blah, well, blah, blah. No. And like none of that has to do with it. And we, you should never hate your body because of breastfeeding. Well, because of anything. But especially feeling like, well, I, I feel stuck because I I want to make sure that my baby has my breast milk, but I feel like I can't go back to my body. But we do hear that a lot of times as a reason for people weaning too, is they like, I want my body back. So I just, I'm going to right. wean. Yeah. Um, and, but that's what society has done to us. Yeah. And we can't, there's nothing we can do about it. Like there's nothing, it's not like, it's not like a, you know, a tongue tie where you can call a patient <laughs> and get this, like, this is not something that we can fix. Like all we can do is acknowledge that this is the world that we live in and acknowledge it with yourself. You know, this is what you can do. You can say, okay, I'm having these feelings about my body. And I know that this is because I live in this culture that, you know, values skinny bodies over bodies that have fat on them. And, you know, all you can do is just like not acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there's no way out. It's, you know, I, you know, I, 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 I even the people that preach, you know, body positivity, we're all struggling with it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just an ongoing struggle. Um, the other thing too, that I thought of when you were talking about like, when, like when you had, you were the first of your friends to have kids and I was kind of that same way too. Um, what about when you have friends that have babies that didn't breastfeed? Like oh, how God. awkward yeah. is that? Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be because we all make choices that are best for our lives. Right. But it just is. And I find that even as a lactation consultant, when I meet people that say, oh, what do you do? Or they know what I do. And yeah. maybe they didn't breastfeed. It is awkward. Like, and I think I might've written a blog post about this like years ago. It is like super awkward. So people, when I meet people and they ask what I do and I tell them, they either tell me about how wonderful their breastfeeding relationship was, or they're like, oh, and they turn around and walk away. Like, <laughs> it's just like, people don't want to, if they didn't, if they did, if they weren't a breastfeeding family, they don't even engage in conversation about my job, which is weird when you're hanging out with people like on a regular basis and everybody else is talking about their jobs. Yeah. I know. Cause people feel judged. Like you're going to judge them for not doing it. And exactly. I know that's what, yeah, this is what happens too with, with me and people are just like, Oh, Oh, you know, they'll find out that I breastfed for a really long time or something. And they'll just be like, Oh, I couldn't. Oh, I, like in the, it's immediately about them. And it's like, well, we aren't even talking about you. <laughs> it's not about me. And you know, that same thing with home birth. Cause I didn't have friends mm -hmm. with the friends that were breastfeeding with my first, I kind of had to go out and find them. But, um, I had a ton of friends when I had a home birth and then they were like, Oh, how was the birth or, you know, where, whatever. And I'd be like, Oh, I had a home birth. And they would immediately, people still do this. Oh, Oh, I couldn't have a home birth because of da 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 da. And I'm like, 
I nobody asked. I don't right. care like where you had your baby. I didn't tell you. You asked me. <laughs> and so and now I you're going to you. judge me. Yeah. It's... No. Well, they feel like I'm going to judge them because they didn't have a home birth or something. Like, I mean, it's not even home birth. I feel like is an even bigger stretch than breastfeeding because like you just don't. Not everybody wants to have a home birth. That's like right. really outside in our culture, like outside the lines. It's, anyway, it's, yeah, people get really funky about this. It is your it's family really too, mm-hmm. like your mother. If you if you yourself weren't breastfed, and you know your parent, your I mean, it's going to be your mom. Um, they can get really snooty about it, you know, mm-hmm. feeling defensive and yeah. about you know, or your mother in law, you know. Yeah, we get those emails a lot too. How do I deal with family that doesn't approve of my? parenting decisions that right. doesn't and that want me to that want me to wean because I'm at a certain age or that you know think I should that the baby's doing a certain thing and that's because of, you know I'm breastfeeding them so now they won't go to anybody else and it's like that it, no that is and not sometimes yeah sometimes they just step in too and they'll start doing things like I, I had to have a conversation with my parents I was just like you need to back off like this is not we are not co-parenting here like we are the parents Josh and I are the parents and like they'll step in like we I mean I've gotten emails where it's like well my mother-in-law thinks that they she you know the baby should have this many ounces at a feeding so when I'm gone she's just feeding him that you know feeding the baby this much Mm -hmm. and they're just doing it even though they're being told not to yeah like huh the respect is like hell I know I know it really, there's really not a lot of respect behind it. And a lot of it does come from them saying, well, you know, because they didn't breastfeed, this is how much they were giving their children. So it must be the right thing to do. And and I honestly think that people are just driven by, you know, their own regrets or, you know, their own feelings of just like, well, you know, I want to be, I'm going to just insert myself into these people's lives and not respect their boundaries. Because of some sort of, you know, their own internal struggle of seeing you parenting differently than they did or, I mean, that's what it, what it is, right? You're right. parenting differently. We're, we're all mostly parenting probably differently than we were parented or our partners were parented. And then when they see that, it's just like, they get all their panties in a bunch about it. It's just, it really gets thrown off. It really does. Um, I, <laughs> in my family, like I, yeah, I had one sister that breastfed. She didn't, she breastfed, but she didn't like, she did definitely did like a combo feeding thing when she went back to work. I'm really the only one that breastfed exclusively for a significant amount of time. And, um, my other sisters didn't even like attempt it. So when I, you know, with me, like they really didn't say anything, you know, they really, they were, they were pretty good. Like they didn't, you know, question my mother, some, you know, of course would say stuff here and there because she didn't breastfeed either. So I was really the only person in my family that was kind of a diehard. And, um, I became a diehard because nobody else in my family was and everybody kind of, you know, I got the pushback from my mom when I was pregnant. So I was like, well, I'm just going to do it just to piss you off. So, um, when my niece had her baby two years ago, you know, and, and she would, when she was pregnant, actually just went during pregnancy and she would ask about breastfeeding stuff. And like, people would kind of, people in the family would kind of, it's like, why is anybody else but me giving her information here? Like this, nobody else should be giving her information on breastfeeding because nobody else did it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I have told people like when I've done educational stuff um, in the past, 
you know, especially when I was working very heavily in the community, I don't as much anymore, but when I was really out there in the community, what I always tell me, like, don't listen to anybody who wasn't, a, who hasn't been a breastfeeder. Like, and I don't, I, you hate to put it out there like that because you don't want to shut off people's support systems. But it's like, if you're not just going to like smile and nod and support the parent, you're just going to give her information that you don't even know is right. Yeah. That's not okay. I know. I feel like smiling and nodding is like not popular enough. It really isn't. Like we really need to bring back the smile and nod. Oh my God. We got to bring it back and we need to turn it into a big, it needs to be the next fad. Smile and nod. Oh, I mean, when and I was working at the pregnancy program, I was working at a pregnancy program in the city here um, at one point. Oh my God. I loved it there. They were so great. And I did a lot of like childbirth education and breastfeeding education. And they would come in like the lady at the bus stop told me. And I'm like, can we not listen to the lady at the bus stop, please? <laughs> or like this one girl was like, I don't know. I told my mom I was getting all this breastfeeding education. She said, don't listen to those white people. <laughs> like, oh my God. But it was like, I was like, if they're not, if it's not me telling you, don't listen to them. Like I kind of got to that point where I was yeah. like, please don't listen to the lady at the bus stop. Please don't listen to some random person. Like it just is not going to work. But one of the things that I, because there is a lot of research behind support and how mm. support backs into breastfeeding. And there is a lot of stuff about that. So we're not just sitting here talking about it like, oh, you should support your breastfeeding family. Like it's not, it's not just because it's a good thing to do or it's a nice thing to do. Like there's actual research behind it. And one of the studies that I was looking at, and we've known this forever, right? We've known forever that if you're supported, you do better. Like one of the yeah, biggest reasons I know, right? One of the biggest reasons that that a breastfeeding parent weans or I don't want to say fails because that's such a bad word. But no, yeah. what are, what are the reasons they, they wean earlier than they intend to or don't reach their goal? Yes, that's exactly what I want to say. One of the reasons is if they don't have partner support, that's one of the biggest reasons. Yeah, whoever that partner totally. is, that partner could be the parent, the other parent, the partner could be their their mother, the partner, could, whoever that partner support is. If they don't have it, that's one of the biggest reasons for weaning. And one of the research studies that I pulled out for this said, consistent with wider social support research, awareness of receiving support is associated with negative health consequences. However, where partner support is provided in a responsive manner as a part of breastfeeding team, thereby promoting a woman's sense of autonomy and self-efficacy, breastfeeding outcomes improve. All you need is somebody to say, you're doing a good job. I support you. Not, well, what did you eat today? The baby's fussy. Or I don't know. Are you sure the baby had enough to eat? Or, you know, but yeah, maybe you should like try to lose that baby weight and go on a diet, but you can't because you're breastfeeding. None of that is helpful. <laughs> none of that inform none of that is helpful. Yeah. I know. And especially if your partner is like a an American white male, they're probably going to be, you know, a little bit feel a little bit entitled to your body just because we you know just because the you know we have this um this patriarchy you know of like men feeling kind of entitled to you know where i'm the man of the house I, and if you don't have a partner like this that's cool i don't either so of course we don't all have partners like that but we have to admit that these this is this exists it does exist and many people do have these partners where it's like you know I, you're not giving me, you know, enough sexual pleasure or like I, I, your, the baby is, 
more bonded to you than it is to me. And, you know, I'm feeling very crabby about that or, you know, and, and, and these things of just, you know, we think of like head of the household, man, male head of the household. And then you have this then, and now suddenly you're kind of the main focus and the baby is more bonded to you because we know this is what happens, you know, with, especially with the breastfeeding relationship is that the baby's going to be on you more and they're going to be real fussy if they're not on you. And so the partner is going to feel like, Oh, the baby likes you more. Um, or they're going to feel like you're, you know, they're just, I, I, I feel like I told the story before, but we were watching this, um, comedian and I can't remember who it was, but he was like one of these comedian, you know, who like talks about like serious things and then makes jokes about it or, yeah. It was kind of like this, you know, it was different than like, just like a stand up thing. It was anyway, he's telling the story about like when his, um, wife had a baby and you know how she just needed so much and she was kind of off on, you know, doing her thing and very busy, you know, taking care of the baby. <laughs> and he was like, now he was like, I, you know, now I understand why men leave. And I, my jaw hit the floor. I was like, wow, what? Like, this is what people think. Like, you're not like, you're not the center of attention for a second. Wow. Like, (laughs) now you understand why men leave. When I, oh my God. When I got pregnant with Nathan, you know, he's my first and it was not planned even a little bit and um, like not even in the picture, not even like in the five-year plan, like it was nowhere. Mm. And I remember my, his father looked at me and was like, and he even said, well, what about me? And I was like, you're going to have to get over yourself. Like this is, (laughs) you know, and it just, I, I have another, you know, another mom that I've, she's been going to my group for a very long time and um, very successful breastfeeding parent with her first baby and has had pushback from her husband for months and months and months and months, really based on the whole premise of this breastfeeding thing is getting in my way. Like that's really what it's based on. Mm, Yeah. Right. And it's, I think a lot of it has to do, and we've talked with her about like, this really could be like a, a postpartum you know, postpartum mood disorder issue for him. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, for sure. Because he is, you know, his life changed mm-hmm. and that's really what it comes down to. Your life changes and we're not ready for that. And those partners are just like, what the hell there's in all my years of doing this, there was this one partner that like totally stands out in my head was like, I don't know if that I'll ever see this again. And it was a family, it was a home birth and it was, I think their seventh or eighth baby. It was not like their first child or anything. It was, but it wasn't like their 12th. I've had some of those too, but it was like seven or eight. I think it was like seven or eight. And the dad was like, he was great. He goes, I know that for the first year, that baby's hers. I have nothing to do with this. (laughs) And it was like, you're amazing because that's, I mean, that's not, I mean, that's a little bit more over the top. Like, Obviously, he's going to have something to do with it, you know, yeah. but he knows that the baby is likely going to want to be with his mother mm-hmm. the, the majority of the time that she is going to be wearing that baby. She is going to be breastfeeding that baby a lot. She is going to be, you know, giving all her attention to that little baby and that he is not in the mix of that. And he knew that 
And there was no question there and there was no remorse and there was no pushback and there was no nothing. He was like, that baby belongs to her right now. That's the way it is. Yeah. And this goes back to, to like understanding newborn behavior. Mm -hmm. Like he understood that this is like, this is what newborns do. This is what babies do. You know, maybe he grew up with, you know, younger baby siblings or something and saw his own mother, you know. And it's not like, okay, this is a breastfeeding problem because it's not like none of it is. Yeah. But we always make it that. And that's what gets in the way of our relationships. And it's just like, it's, it's not, this is kind of. Yeah. We've also, we've also done a number on the family, you know, the extended family, you know, we think about how humans have survived for so long. It's living in a village setting where there was all of these people taking care of the kids and taking care of the parents. And, and now we are just in our little houses, just us inside of this capitalist society that has driven, you know, this insane workforce. So you have to work constantly. And we've put men kind of in this, um, well, first of all, we've created these gender roles, right? Where so we have these men and then we have women and then men are supposed to go out and they're supposed to earn all the money and work, work, work. And then women are, you know, you know, you're supposed to be, you know, taking care of the children or, or just being second to the man. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish and whatever you need is kind of just second or third or fourth or fifth in line to what, first of all, what capitalism needs in order to survive, which is a giant workforce, which is why we don't have maternity leave, right? Because we need people to go back to work. And all of this stuff contributes to just the complete breakdown Mm -hmm. of the family. And so then we have, now there's a baby and you need these things. And there is absolutely no system in place to support that. Mm -mm. It's just, it's really, it's messed up. <laughs> and like, that's basically it's messed like, up, man. It's messed up, man. But one of the things that I'm like thinking of while you're saying that is the whole, like, not even just maternity leave, but paternity leave, right? So some places now are actually jumping on board with the whole paternity leave thing, which is amazing and fantastic. Um, but there are a lot of partners that do not take it because they're like, well, I need to get back into the workforce or my, I can't be away from my job for that long. Or I need to bring the money home because, you know, the breastfeeding parent is on maternity leave or whatever, Mm -hmm. but then they still want to be able to be part of this mix. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you, we, I don't know. It's so, it's a very confusing setup. And we don't want to admit that like, okay, the, the mother's breastfeeding, therefore she's the one feeding the baby, right? The breastfeeding parent is the one feeding the baby and everybody else wants to feed the baby too. But at the same time, nobody else is around. So where does that leave things? You know, like it just, it's a very, very confusing, unsettling setup that we have yeah, built for ourselves here. It is. And we have to think about, you know, and if you think about not that long ago, men weren't even involved at all. Mm-mm. I mean, they weren't even in the delivery room. I was about room. to say, they weren't even you in know, the delivery room. They yeah. weren't, you were just on your own. And then, you know, the guy, you know, the, the man of the house was off to work and the woman was at home. And I mean, and I know alone. like, 
a lot of our listeners might be too young to know this, but like, so in my family, I'm the youngest of four. I'm the only one where my father was in the, in the room. The only one. And that's because that's when they started to allow it was when I was born. And he was, my mother was home for us for several years until we were like established in school. And then she went back to work. But I always ask because my father's first language was Spanish. So, but we didn't grow up speaking it. Like my grandparents did and we heard it all the time. And, you know, my father would speak with them and everything. But I was, I remember even asking my mom all the time, like, why didn't we grow up bilingual? And she's like, because I was home with you. He wasn't, I didn't speak Spanish. I wasn't going to like, so it was like, they, uh, yeah. it was such a traditional like role, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. just right down to the fact that like, I was the only one out of all four kids that my father was in the emer- the delivery room for. Yeah. Like it wasn't that long ago that this started happening. No, it I really know. wasn't. And all the, I'm sure a lot of the majority of our listeners now are in the age group where like, they're like, what? That was a thing. It's like, absolutely. That was a thing. Or it just seems longer ago. Right. You know? Cause like, you know, it's like, oh, well, that was like, you know, super long ago, but, but it really wasn't, you know, it was mm-hmm. not that long ago. And so we're, <laughs> we're in a situation where we're like, yeah, I'm not that old. No. Right. I mean, you know, we're, yeah, it's not that it's like well within, you know, the lifetime of people walking around right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's insane to think that, that this is like better, you know, that we are like several steps forward from this, from like, of like getting support and, and we're still like, like this, yelling about the same flailing. things. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. We still have a long way to go. Oh my God. It's just like ridiculous. I know. I feel like we barely, barely talked about all the things I know. that you could talk about on this topic. Well, you know, the other thing that I was thinking um, while I was getting ready for this was we should have put it out there, you know, like, so if anybody has anything that they want to share with us about a partner problem, whether it was, you know, your extended family or, um, or the partner that you have right now or anything like that, that you want to share, like we could always do, I feel like every week now we're like, we could do a part two because I feel like right. our topics are really getting like, we're really delving into some good meaty stuff. I know but, we could have like a, an, an episode where we just share people's stories. If you, if you, if we get enough stories. Yeah, for sure. Then we but, can, and then you guys can, you know, hear each other's stories too. And it doesn't feel so alone. A lot of the times when I get messages from people, I'm like, can I share this? Because there's, it would probably be helpful to a lot of other people. And um, I think we do feel like we're really alone, but we have our little community here. So you're not. And yep, that's why we want to kind of like put that out there. You're not by yourself. So yeah. yeah. So definitely if you have a partner story that you feel like really impacted your relationship, you can absolutely share it. You don't have to say your name or anything. It's not like yeah. we announce everybody's names on here anyway, but um, yeah, we can share it and we would love to share it with others if that's okay with you. Oh so, yeah. Well, Thanks it. for listening. Thank you. Bye.